Friday, December 14th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City here in Denver, Colorado. We do get together every single weekday. We talk sports with a dose of common sense, and we are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Friday to you, and you might not realize it, but we do have a little bit of sports history. Okay, it's a little bit of entertainment history and sports history, but it's sort of some sports history because it was on this day, December 14th, back in 1985, that Cosby Show actress Felicia Allen was married to former NFL wide receiver and sportscaster Ahmad Rashad. You know, that marriage was actually the third marriage for each of the two. They stayed married for 16 years. They finally divorced back in 2001. But I'm telling you this right now. When these two got married, it was a pretty big deal. I mean, Rashad actually proposed to Allen during the pregame show of a Thanksgiving Day football game between the Detroit Lions and the New York Jets. It was like a big event. Here's this former athlete. Here's this current TV star getting married, tying the knot. But here's the question that I have that I was just thinking about today as I talk about this. What do you think that wedding reception was like? Because we know, like Ahmad Rashad hung out with a lot of very, very famous athletes. I mean, he's very good friends with Michael Jordan. A number of other athletes, you know, guys he played with, guys he's hung out with. He did the NBA show that he used to do for a while. So he has a lot of sports guys that he hangs out with. Then you have Felicia Allen who is the sister of Debbie Allen. Now, if you remember Debbie Allen, she was on the TV show Fame. More recently, she was on Grey's Anatomy. So you have some big-time athletes. You have a number of actresses, dancers. Like, this had to be a pretty wild reception, didn't it? When Felicia Allen and Ahmad Rashad actually did tie the knot. You've got Huxtable children running around. Then you just have Kaz drifting around looking for unguarded champagne glasses. That must have been a wild scene back in 1985 on this day. Hey, if you'd like to contact us, tell us the wedding reception that you can't remember. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosports. Doesn't have to be wedding related. Maybe you've got a suggestion. Maybe you have a comment. Maybe you need some advice. We would love to hear from you. Also, be sure you stop by tpublic.com and do a little of that holiday shopping that you know you need to get done this weekend. What are you waiting for? tpublic.com has a number of daily dose items over there from hoodies to t-shirts to coffee mugs. Make sure you stop by tpublic.com and pick up some daily dose gear for the daily dose listener in your life. Also, if you head over to ESPN and you go to their college bowl pick'em game, look for the group daily dose podcast and join it let's see if you can prove that you know college football better than any of us because we have a group over there we are going to see who can pick those college football bowl games better than anyone you know i'm going to be on there you know big rob's going to be on there there are a few people stopping by and signing up you don't need a password or anything just go join the daily dose group and let's see your skills at picking college football bowl games. Hey, today on the show, we do have a couple of things in breaking news we want to make sure that we cover. And then we will be previewing the weekend in sports and letting you know 
What might be out there for you to keep an eye on between bouts of road rage when you go out holiday shopping at the mall? Ugh, I hate the mall. I avoid the mall. I try to do everything that I can online, but sometimes there's just a couple of items that I have to go pick up. You got people trying to back into you, people walking to their car, acting like they're going to get in, standing there, turning back around and going back into the mall. Oh, it's just brutal. I hate going to the mall. So we want to let you know when you're going to see the best sporting events over the weekend, kind of set some time aside over the weekend for a few events that you're going to want to watch. Plus, we also will have our Daily Dose Top 5 today, a staple of the show. You never know which way the Daily Dose Top 5 is going to go. And I'm telling you right now, that is going to be very, very apparent today. You're going to have to trust me on that. Let's get started right now in the NFL. A decent NFL game last night. As AFC West rivals battled for the division lead, the Kansas City Chiefs led the Los Angeles Chargers the entire game. By as much as 14 points, they are going to be taking another step toward clinching home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And then, trailing 28-21, the Chargers somehow put together a late drive, and with four seconds left, Phillip Rivers finds Mike Williams for a touchdown that brings the Chargers within one point. So are they going to kick the extra point and go to overtime? No. Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn says, let's go for two. They go for two and the win on the road. And here is a clip of that two-point conversion from Fox. Four seconds left in the game, but this is likely the final play that matters. End zone, wide open. What a night for Mike Williams. And the Chargers have their first lead of the night. At 29-28. Yes, the Los Angeles Chargers pull off an unlikely 29-28 win on the road. And now, that AFC West that looked locked up just a few weeks ago, hey, it's still up in the air. Now, the Chiefs still have to go to Seattle. And then in the final week, they host the Raiders. Meanwhile, the Chargers will host the Ravens. And then in their final week, they go to Denver. Hey, This AFC West may come down to the very final week. And for as good as Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes has been all year, we have started to see him slow down just a little bit over the past few weeks. NFL defenses do start to figure quarterbacks out. Last night, the Los Angeles Chargers hold Patrick Mahomes to just 243 passing yards. Hey, not a bad night. Not an embarrassing night. Not at all. Just not what we have been seeing this season from Mahomes. He has been torching everyone. But keep this in mind. In three of his past five games now, he has not broken 300 yards. That makes me think NFL defenses are starting to catch up just a little. We do have a bizarre story coming out in the NFL. And that is coming out of Philadelphia, where a recent CAT scan on Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz's back has revealed a fractured vertebrae. Now, they say if you give him time to rest, he'll be able to fully heal and there will be no unexpected issues with that. But they say there's going to be a continued evaluation of his back to determine whether continuing to play this season is going to worsen the injury or not. 
Eagles coach Doug Peterson said Wednesday that Wentz was experiencing soreness and tightness in his back that he was going to be held out of practice. But you know, this isn't the first time this season that Wentz has been on the team's injury report because of his back. He was a limited participant on consecutive Wednesdays back in October, but this past Wednesday marked the first time he missed practice completely this season. So let me see if I understand this, because I know I get easily confused sometimes. Carson Wentz thinks he has a sore back. He has stiffness in his back. The Eagles find out he has a fractured vertebrae in his back, and they're going to evaluate whether or not Carson Wentz should keep playing? Last I checked, a broken back probably should get you at least too doubtful on the injury report, shouldn't it? What are the Eagles doing with this guy? Honestly, we already saw this happen when they hurried to try to get him back after coming back from that knee injury last year. Now his back is literally broken. Not figuratively broken. Not metaphorically broken. It's literally broken. Hey, go ahead and give Carson Wentz a few months off. I give the guy a ton of credit for even going out and still playing. But again, this is a long-term investment Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz should be a 10, 12, 15-year guy. Let's not rush him out there with, again, a literal broken back to try to scrape some wins together for some wild card round or something. Like, that's the best you can hope for. And I think that's iffy. You're going to need every single scenario to break your way, to play your way into the postseason. Eagles, pull the plug on Carson Wentz, go with Nick Foles, and just forget it. Remember, there's always next year. Unless you keep playing Carson Wentz and he's having to eat his meals through some sort of a tube because you break him literally in half. Philadelphia Eagles, I don't know. I would take way more caution with Carson Wentz than it seems like the Eagles are taking. But hey, that's me here in Denver. Look at our quarterback situation. You know I would kill to have a guy like Carson Wentz. Hey, coming back, we will be previewing the weekend in sports. You know the NFL does have a few important matchups this weekend, and you might not realize it. But we actually have a little college football this weekend, too, you're going to want to watch. So let's shift over to our weekend sports preview. You know, we try to do this every Friday. We just take a look at some of the upcoming events over the weekend so that you are aware of a few of the things that are going to be out there so that you can make sure you get near a TV, you have a device, whatever it is you're going to use to watch these games on, but you don't want to be making plans, having a party, going to that Christmas party or whatever, and you forgot, oh, that game was on tonight and I wanted to watch it. I should have at least had my phone with me instead of dropping it in that stupid bucket when I walked in the door. I could have hit it in my pocket. Whatever your situation may be, we try to help you out by letting you know what games are coming this weekend. We do also pick the games just to see how we do. Now, we didn't pick games last week, but let's go ahead and jump back in and see if we can get our picks going again. Hey, sports gambling is coming. We're trying to get on top of it, and we are trying to make the best picks that we can. We've been picking pretty well. Let's see if we can keep that streak going this week. Remember, all times given are mountain time zones, so adjust accordingly as you need to. Hey, let's get started tonight at 5 p.m. We are actually going to have a rematch of last year's championship in Division Three football as Mount Union will be facing Mary Harden Baylor in the Stag Bowl for the Division Three National Championship. Now, no D3 program has more wins than the Mount Union Purple Raiders. 
they now have 798 wins. After another perfect season this year, they won 98 straight home games from 2005 to 2016. Meanwhile, Mary Harden Baylor's run the past three seasons has also been insanely dominant. They're going to their third straight national championship game. Both teams are undefeated at 14-0. Both teams have a ton of firepower on both sides of the ball. Mount Union won this title a year ago when they beat Mary Harden Baylor 12 to nothing. I think I'm going to go with Mount Union to do again tonight. Again, that is at 5 p.m. When you get off of work, you go to the bar or maybe you head home, you might want to turn on the Division Three Championship. That's not all bad. Also tonight at 6 p.m., we have a ton of storylines in the Final Four matchup of the FCS game tonight. We have a really good rivalry between North Dakota State and South Dakota State playing in the Final Four, but they have two very different things taking place on those teams because we know North Dakota State head coach Chris Kleiman just accepted the job to go be the head coach at Kansas State, so he is on his way out. Meanwhile, South Dakota State head coach John Steigelmeyer just accepted a contract extension to stay with South Dakota State for another five years. Now, you just wonder if that could affect these teams. Like, is one team going to play harder and say, hey, we know our guy's back. The other team's going, we know this guy's checking out. I don't know how that's going to affect these teams. I'll just look at this. North Dakota State has a good defense. South Dakota State has a good offense. I don't know what the weather's going to be. I don't know if they're going to be playing indoors or not. Either way, I'm just going to go with the defense. I am going to pick North Dakota State in this game tonight at 6 p.m. That is an FCS semifinal game. Also tonight, you know, if you are looking for a little bit of basketball, you might check out some NBA as the Oklahoma City Thunder come to Denver tonight at 8 p.m. Hey, the Thunder are playing good basketball. I know they lost on Wednesday night to Toronto, but they are getting things figured out and they are fighting for the lead in the Western Conference. Do you realize Oklahoma City is now right up there around the one, two seed in the Western Conference with the way they started this year? I don't know if anyone expected that. Meanwhile, the Denver Nuggets are banged up. They're missing some players due to injury, but they're still hanging right around the four seed. So that's not a bad matchup. Oklahoma City versus Denver tonight. And I'm going to go with Oklahoma City because I know Denver's injured, but also because Russell Westbrook really seems to love beating Denver. So I will take the Thunder tonight on the road. Starting off tomorrow morning, you know, we don't have a ton of top-ranked teams facing each other this weekend in college basketball, but we do have a couple games that should be pretty good. On Saturday at 10 a.m., the number 17 Villanova Wildcats go to Fog Allen Fieldhouse. They will be facing the number one Kansas Jayhawks. Now, the Wildcats, we know, they are struggling to defend their title from a year ago. They have a completely new roster. They are just trying to learn how to play together, and they certainly are not the team from a year ago. And I know how tough Kansas is at home, but one thing to keep in mind, Villanova is coming off a loss to Penn earlier this week. They may come out and battle with their backs against the wall. I'll still take Kansas at home, but that's not a bad matchup. At noon tomorrow, we have the other FCS semifinal game that will be taking place as the Eastern Washington Eagles are going to be facing the main Black Bears for a chance to go to the championship. Now, both of these teams, physical, tough defense, run the football. 
it's going to probably be a very low scoring game. I guess I'll take Eastern Washington. I don't have any idea, but some college football out there that you might not have been aware of. One more college hoops game between ranked teams this weekend. On Saturday at 5 p.m., we have the number four Gonzaga Bulldogs getting a decent test. They go to Chapel Hill to face the number 12 North Carolina Tar Heels. Now, I expect North Carolina to play very tough at home. On a Saturday, the student body hasn't left yet for the holidays. I expect Chapel Hill to be jumping. But I told you earlier this week, something is missing from this North Carolina group. They better figure things out quickly because Gonzaga is tough. If they bring their A game, I think they win this game. I'm going to go ahead and pick Gonzaga in that game. We do have a little NFL football on Saturday, and I'll preface it by saying it's not great, but it is NFL football as the Cleveland Browns come to Denver. And you know, the Browns bizarrely do still have a chance to play their way into the postseason. Of course, we know the Denver Broncos pooped their pants last week. They lose to the 2-10 and 10 San Francisco 49ers, and that pretty much finishes their chances for the playoffs. The Broncos are just so banged up. They are missing like six starters from the offensive side. They're missing like three or four starters from the defensive side. Cleveland has something to play for. I know coming to Denver has not always been kind to Cleveland, but I think they get the win here because I think they are the better football team right now. That is at 620 on Saturday night. Moving on to Sunday, we've got a few NFL games with playoff implications that may be worth your time to watch. Starting off at 11 a.m., the Dallas Cowboys are suddenly in the driver's seat in the NFC East. Who saw this coming? But they should get a decent test on Sunday when they face Andrew Luck and the much-improved Indianapolis Colts who are trying to push their way into a wild-card berth. Now, I'm honestly not sure if either the Cowboys or the Colts are as good as their records indicate. I think they've both gotten over on soft schedules, but I think of the two teams. I think Indianapolis is more desperate here and I think for the last week and a half, since Dallas beat New Orleans, all they've had is pats on the back and everyone telling them how great they are. I'm going to take Indy to win this game at home. Also at 11 a.m., the Miami Dolphins are battling for a playoff spot after that miracle finish last week against the New England Patriots. They go to Minnesota to face a Vikings team that now is kind of looking like they might be circling the drain. The Vikings are now 6-6-1. Six, six they are hanging on to a playoff berth, but it is by a threat. Kirk Cousins has been, let's just say, a disaster. But what's more disturbing to me about Minnesota isn't even Kirk Cousins. It's that Minnesota Vikings defense. Remember a year ago, you couldn't score on Minnesota. You had to hope for a turnover or something because that defense was so good. This year, defense doesn't look that great. And now we know they have some internal struggles as head coach Mike Zimmer has fired the offensive coordinator for, he says, not running the football enough. Don't you discuss these things in your weekly coaching meetings? I know at the high school level in basketball, we specifically talk to our coaches. Hey, when we are in this situation, here is what we do. When we see this zone, here is the play we want run. We knew all these things. They have to know these things. He's firing his offensive coordinator. Now, this late in the season, for not running the football well enough? Couldn't you have just told him in the meeting on Monday? Some weird things going on in Minnesota. But same thing. I think Miami has been getting pats on the back all week. I think Minnesota is going to come out and play as well as they can. 
I don't know how well that is, but I think it's good enough to beat Miami. One more game at 11 a.m. on Sunday. The Tennessee Titans are 7-6, and six, and they are hoping for a little help to get them back into the playoffs this year. They go to New York to play the suddenly, I wouldn't say hot, but at least, I don't know, warm New York Giants. Hey, the Giants have won two in a row. That's pretty good. And I can't believe I'm saying this. Like, this hurts my head to say this. The Giants, the New York football Giants, have not yet been mathematically eliminated. They're only five and eight. I don't know how they haven't been eliminated, but they haven't. Now, I have told you, it is my goal for Eli Manning to play just well enough this season to be brought back again next year and then crush Giants fans' hopes and dreams yet again. But I do think the Tennessee Titans are probably the better team here. That defense should give Eli some problems. I will take Tennessee to get this win on the road. One more game on Sunday that should be worth your time. Although after last year to this year, this game doesn't look quite as great. But we do have a rematch at 225 on Sunday afternoon of the Jesse James catch last year between the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, the Patriots managed to win this game last year. They got home field advantage on that goofy Jesse James caught it, lunged into the end zone. Scored a touchdown, we all thought, and then, I don't know, the refs looked at it and said he didn't complete the catch through the dive to the ground. I don't know. There's a lot of things going on in that game. But these two teams face each other yet again this season. And, of course, we have the Patriots who managed to lose to the Miami Dolphins last week in amazing fashion. And then you have the Steelers who, after getting out to a 7-2-1 and record, looked like they had figured things out. They have now lost three games in a row. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have bizarrely been swept by every single team in the AFC West. Doesn't make one bit of sense. Make no mistake about it. The Steelers definitely have more on the line here than the Patriots. But I'm not sure this is about motivation. I just think the Steelers are really, really funky right now. I am going to take the Patriots to get this win on the road. Hey, coming back, we need to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. So here is a question for you, Daily Dose listener. Are you a conspiracy theorist? Do you believe in, you know, UFOs and Bigfoot and chemtrails and all those things that conspiracy theorists believe in? Because it's not just you if you are. Athletes believe some of these same things too. Today, we are going to be talking about a few of them on our Daily Dose Top 5. Now, as we do every single Friday, we have got to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. Earlier this week, we got an odd statement from a big-name NBA player when Golden State Warriors guard Steph Curry said that he doesn't believe humans have ever been to the moon. It seems Steph made an appearance on the Ringer's Winging It podcast, and in the middle of like a light-hearted conversation between Steph Curry, teammate Andre Iguodala, Atlanta Hawks players Vince Carter and Kent Bazemore, along with co-host Annie Finberg, the group went from talking about what sound a dinosaur made to the possibility that the moon landing didn't actually happen. We ever been to the moon? Curry asked. After several voices said no, Curry responded, I don't think so either. Sorry, I don't want to start conspiracies. Of course, Steph's comments went viral, leading to Steph backtracking from the entire thing later. Now he has said he's just joking. NASA, of course, was reaching out, extending an invitation to him to come see some proof 
the next time he's in Houston. Look, if Steph Curry doesn't believe we've been to the moon, honestly, that's up to him. That's his problem. I really don't care. He is free to believe whatever it is he wants. And of all the conspiracy theories to believe, I mean, not believing we've been to the moon, probably the most harmless. Because trust me on this, there are other people in sports that have believed a lot worse things than maybe the fact that the moon landing was staged. Let's take a look at the top five conspiracy theorists in the world of sports. Coming in at number five, five. hey, it was just back in June that we had another NBA player saying he doesn't believe everything that he is being told because Boston Celtics point guard Kyrie Irving said he wasn't sure if the earth was round. In an interview, Kyrie said, can you openly admit that you know the earth is constitutionally round? Like, you know that for sure? Like, I don't know. So here's one question I do have, because I know this is kind of a popular trend right now, the flat earthers and that whole thing. But if you do believe that the earth is flat, and I don't know, I'm genuinely asking, do you believe that there is an end to the earth somewhere and there are just like a bunch of people falling off every day? Like, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, Kyrie took a bunch of heat for it, and eventually he tried to spin the exact same thing that we just saw Steph Curry spin. I was just joking. I was just kidding. I was just trolling all of you. But I'm telling you, in the interview, I don't know, he sounded pretty sincere to me. Kyrie Irving comes in at number five. But trust me, this one is actually pretty tame. Let's get to some others that aren't quite as tame. Moving on to number four. Remember in Super Bowl 49, when it looked like the Seattle Seahawks had won the game, all they had to do, run the football, score a touchdown, and beat the New England Patriots, except that Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll called some silly pass play at the goal line. Of course, Russell Wilson threw the interception heard around the world, and the Patriots won another Super Bowl. And at the time, we all just looked at Pete Carroll, and we just thought, dude's out of his mind. What is he doing there? Well, to be fair, I know he's doing a really good job this year, but he might be out of his mind yet. But it isn't just for that call. And it isn't just for his call on the fourth down call against Texas when he was at USC, and he didn't even have Reggie Bush in the game. Back in 2013, P.D. Carroll told the Seattle Times his feelings on how the Iraq conflict could have been handled differently in an interview. Here's what P had to say. Let's say, after all the stuff that we heard about what was going on in Iraq, we sent 10,000 people to Iraq as peacefully as they could go. And we walked wherever they would let us go, and we just talked to people and listened to what their issues were. And then we tried to figure out the best way we could support them and change things, as opposed to bombing the bleep out of thousands of people with shock and awe. It might have taken us a little longer to influence change, but nobody would have died. Okay, that doesn't sound too bad. But Pete also stated that the truth about 9-11 needs to be investigated and that the September 11th attacks back in 2001, they were probably an inside job. Yeah, suddenly that pass play in the Super Bowl looks way smarter by comparison to me. Pete Carroll comes in at number four. Moving on to number three. Oh, I've got one for you here. Steve Carlton was a left-handed Major League Baseball pitcher from 1965 to 1988. Primarily, he played for the St. Louis Cardinals and the Philadelphia Phillies. 
He's a pretty good pitcher. Steve Carlton won four Cy Youngs. He was elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1994. Oh, and one other thing. Yeah, he's completely out of his mind. In 1994, he agreed to an interview at his home in Durango, Colorado. The result was the story called Thin Mountain Air in an April 94 issue of Philadelphia. And in that article, we had a number of things. According to Pat Jordan, the writer of the article, Carlton alternately said that the world is ruled or controlled by the Russian and United States government, which fill the air with low-frequency sound waves. Not only that, but he also said that President Clinton has a black son he won't acknowledge and that the AIDS virus was created at a secret Maryland biological warfare laboratory in order to get rid of gays and blacks. Yeah, so flat earth and no moon landing? Again, pretty tame. Oh, just wait. It's going to get worse. Steve Carlton and his crazy self come in at number three. Moving on to number two. Let's discuss the conspiracy theory of one Larry Wayne Jones Jr. Because it was actually just back in 2015 that Larry Wayne Jones Jr. took to Twitter to give you the news that no one else wanted to tell you. Because he believed that the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre of 2012 was just a hoax. He tweeted, so the FBI comes out and confirms that Sandy Hook was a hoax? Where is the outrage? What else are we being lied to about? Waco? JFK? And then of course a few hours later, he deleted the tweet and he posted this. My apologies for my Sandy Hook tweet yesterday. I had heard something from someone which I thought to be credible and tweeted it without researching. It was irresponsible of me to do that and it will not happen again. Please accept my heartfelt apology to those who were hurt or offended. Now, it sounds like the deaths at Sandy Hook were listed under violent deaths handled by the Connecticut State Police instead of the town police. And when the new town police department didn't list any violent deaths, a number of crazies ran with the story that it was this massive cover-up. Yeah, it wasn't. It was just the way it was filed, included in the people that believed that nonsense was, of course, Larry Wayne Jones Jr. Oh, sorry, you probably don't know that name. You probably know him better by his nickname that he went by when he played for 19 years with the Atlanta Braves and was named an All-Star eight different times because you probably know him as Chipper Jones. Yeah, that nut went out and was telling everyone Sandy Hook was just a hoax. Nice job on that. So what is the number one sports figure conspiracy theory nut on our list today? Well, this guy was out there and we didn't really know it. I mean, he was well known. He was popular. He was on TV. He was in commercials. He was in movies. But we didn't realize this guy was completely crazy because he somehow convinced himself that there were some crazy killers driving around an upscale California neighborhood. And these killers chose a random woman and her friend and chose to saw their heads off for no apparent reason. There was no robbery. There was no sexual assault. And then the killers went and sprinkled blood 
on our number one entries car and his clothing. Yes, folks, OJ Simpson is our number one sports figure conspiracy theorist as somehow he made up the wild scenario that somewhere out there were the real killers. And we all know full well what took place in that situation back in 1994. Hey, it is Friday, and we have made it through another week. Thanks so much to all of you for listening to The Daily Dose every day. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for subscribing wherever it is that you listen. It is all very appreciated. Make sure you stop by tpublic.com, pick up some Daily Dose gear for that Daily Dose listener in your life. And don't forget to get over to ESPN, sign up for the College Football Bowl Pick'em, and join our Daily Dose podcast group. Everyone is welcome to play. We look forward to seeing you over there. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all on Monday. Have a great weekend.